You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. My guest today is Lizzie Robinson. Lizzie is a fantastic stage manager who I worked with a few years ago on The Food Odyssey. That was a site-specific play which culminated with the actors serving the audience a full dinner. So needless to say, it was a feat for stage management. And Lizzie was such a positive force in the room for me. I really think stage managers are the backbone of a theatrical production. They can either make the experience so much easier or so much harder. So I have such respect for them, and I'm really glad Lizzie agreed to be on the podcast with me. She's going through an exciting time right now, and we decided I should mention in the intro that she's decided to become a single parent and is currently pregnant. She's making some big decisions and changes with her priorities right now, and we end up talking about this later in the episode, but we thought it was important context for you to know from the top. We've just started the Compass Podcast Patreon page, and if you find the conversations fostered by the Compass valuable to your life as an artist, please visit patreon.com slash the compass podcast and you can become a patron and be part of the driving force behind the next chapter of the compass. Thank you so much to everyone who's already pledged and who's reached out with their support. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And a big thank you to my three Cardinal Point patrons so far, David Cottle, Catherine Stein, and Marcy Walsh. Yes, that's my mom. Thank you guys so much. It takes a village And I really appreciate everyone coming out of the woodwork. Before we start the episode, I just wanted to tell you, I saw two amazing things in the last couple weeks. Last night, Frankie and I went to see the Pina Bausch pieces at BAM. Absolutely incredible. Beautiful. We had an old friend in the company, and I was just blown away. That's it. And then also... (laughs) Last week, we got invited to go to the premiere of Mother by Darren Aronofsky, which is a very strange movie. I can't really say that I recommend it, but good for him for making what he wanted to make. What you need to know is that it's a lot about creation and destruction and Mother Nature. And when the film ended and the credits were playing, the lights came up on Radio City Music Hall and Patti Smith and her band were on stage and they played four songs. And my heart just melted. You guys know how much I love her. Just Kids is one of the books I read over and over when I need some help getting out of the dark side. And so even though we were sitting in the back, it was just beautiful to, out of nowhere, be in a room with her and to hear her voice. It's just fantastic. So on that note, with a little bit of surprise hope, I hope you enjoy the 92nd episode of The Compass. try to keep from going to the dark side as an artist I think so as I've been listening to all these podcasts and like trying to think about what that means to me and like what I do like I I had a lot of different answers for like what I did like specific things Mm -hmm. but then I think that generally speaking I narrowed it down to like having a life and like an identity that isn't about my career as a stage manager yeah uh, made all the difference. Like, I, I know that there were times in my life when I 
you know, was early just starting out. I didn't really have any friends outside of the show I was working on. You know, I was in summer stock and that's all I was doing. And then when nothing is really happening, then I no longer have like anybody to see, anybody to hang out with or anything to do. And so like, I think that that has made all the difference as I like try to figure out. As far as what the dark side is for me, I don't, I've been trying to figure that out. Like sometimes it's like being really angry, Mm -hmm. but I don't, you know, then I'm like, well, am I, what am I angry at? Or like being feel, I, I think it's feeling powerless for be, you know, like just, I don't have a lot of say and yeah, you know, a lot of different things. I did meet someone at a stage manager event a few years ago who she had been a stage manager in theater for a while and she eventually moved to corporate events which is like the dream <laughs> uh, money Huge difference yeah. money wise yeah <laughs> um and she was telling me that when she left theater it was she said it was basically a really bad breakup and she couldn't even like go see shows for like 2 years wow And yeah, so I think like that seems like to me like the dark side, like I could see myself if I don't, you know, if I don't stop things from happening, I could see myself getting to that point when I'm just like so upset about like the industry and everything that I just need to take a clean break for a long time. (laughs) And I don't ever want that to happen because I think theaters, theater is very important to me and I think it's important to obviously all of your listeners, but like society, you know, if yeah. So. But it's it's a hard industry to be in, in that you don't have a lot of control necessarily, and yeah. that you have to be, you know, basically interviewing for jobs constantly, uh-huh. and all of that. And I'm like, the worst at interviews. I feel like actors probably improve, maybe they don't need to improve even, at their like auditions, you know? Great actors, great audition skills. I can be a great stage manager, but horrible at interviewing. I mean, that can be true for actors, too. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) But I will say this. I am pretty sure that any job I've ever gotten was in spite of my interview, not because of. I'm just really bad at it. How does it for a stage manager? Are most of the jobs that you get based on recommendation and, like, word of mouth? Or how do you pursue... Yeah, I mean, I think so. I've definitely gotten some jobs from, like postings especially early in my career um especially because before I moved to New York I was working in regional theaters or like in like in the summer I did some summer stock stuff and so that was yeah just like looking at people that needed stuff and like sending in a resume but once I moved to New York yeah it's I haven't really there's been like a few times when I joined a show where I knew nobody and they've generally been not good experiences (laughs) (laughs) it works both ways yeah so that way they recommend you and you know because they know your friend Mm -hmm. yeah that that's probably a decent group oh yeah those are good people yeah 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 totally so how did you go to school for theater I have a degree in international business okay but my minor was in theater so I just kind of there was a point that I had to for my business degree I had to complete an internship and that was sort of like the deciding factor like was I going to get an internship like at an office somewhere or was I going to do an internship in theater because the program would accept both but like I needed to and I ended up getting an an internship in theater and like sort of the rest is history. You're like oh I guess I am feeling a little bit more yeah (laughs) even though this is the minor yeah and did you go to college in Utah where you're from? Yes, I went to Westminster College, which is like a small liberal arts school just in Salt Lake. Um, It was a tiny theater program, so we were sort of involved in like all aspects of the show. Like, uh, you know, I built the sets, Mm -hmm. I hung the lights, you know, I ran the sound, focused the lights, you know, all these different things. And then like for the show that I stage managed on, I, you know, I'd like spend all day building the set and then I'd go to rehearsal and right. stage manage the show. Was it obvious, was the stage management thing obvious to you then? You're like, uh, I'm not really, I don't want to hang lights for the rest yeah. of my life. This I is the thing. I don't know that it was cause we only had, it was a small program. So we only had two shows uh-huh. a year, I think 
one on the main stage. No, maybe it was two a semester. One on the main stage and one in the black box. And so, like, my first show that I stage managed, like, because I didn't really know what a stage manager was, you know? Right. Like, we didn't have stage manager classes. Like, they, I was assigned, they were like, you're going to stage manage this black box show. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? Figure it out. Yeah, they, like, gave me a book. And they were like, read this book. And I was like, (laughs) "Mm, okay. And I, like, sort of followed the book, and it told me to, like, write down where people were standing and, Uh like, send out reports of, like, things that might have happened that were important, you know? Like... Um, but so it wasn't until my internship that I like saw, it was like, it was a, an ERDA contract. So it was at a school, but they had like five state, um, equity actors Mm. and the stage manager was equity equity. So I like saw them following equity rules as far as breaks and like why that, why they were doing that. And like the way she like ran the room and like how, cause I, I didn't understand how like the stage manager, like sort of sets the tone completely you know and I didn't like when I was in college I just like would show up and sit at a desk and I wouldn't talk to anybody and I you know like right. I didn't really take any ownership of that um so as working with her name was Maureen Burns and she was it was at um Kent State University mm-hmm. uh they have they have the a partnership with Port, Port House Theater yeah um, and so just watching Maureen and how, like, she, she had gone to school there, so she knew everybody, and, she, like, most of the people at there were in the program. I was, like, one of these weird outsiders. But it was, I was, like, a huge learning experience. So then I went back to school the next, you know, the next fall as a senior, and I was like, I know everything about stage management ever, you know? This is going to be amazing. <laughs> and then they didn't, like, I was like, I want to stage manage the, the main stage musical. And they chose, like, some, you know, my friend that, uh-huh. And I was so bummed. I was like, this is like... Re- I want to put all this to use Yeah, right like, away. what is the yeah. point of all this? Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. There was a... Yeah, so, like, I... While I was in school, I think uh, I learned a lot more about, like, all the other aspects of theater and not so much about stage management. But I did, like... There was a point, too, that I was thinking about going into lighting. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't feel like I was creative enough. Like... I've still never, I still don't think I really am a creative person. I'm sort of learning from other stage managers who sort of like bat that down. Like, no, like stage management is artistic. Stage management is part of this process. Like, you know. Well, and like you said, like in setting that tone for the room, you really are facilitating the creative process. And I think that's so true. Like if you, I always say, if you have a good stage manager, it makes the entire process better. And if you have a stage manager that just doesn't click with the group, it can make everything harder. Right. Everything harder. Yeah. So it's a, it's a key role. Are there any particular philosophies? I don't know if that's the right word, but, um, things that you really focus on when you're running a rehearsal room, like the things that you want people to get from you or the, the values you want to set the energy you want to set. I don't know if any of yeah. these words is right, but no, I don't know either. I, I think that I, that sort of might fit into the question of like, what kind of stage manager are you? Which people always ask me in interviews and I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. I guess uh, this is basically kind of a long interview, by the way. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's no job at the end of it from me. There could be from yeah. someone else. Uh, I'm looking everyone. Um, I think that like, yeah, my, I guess my philosophy is I try to make people feel like safe to make choices, you know, like I don't, I know that a lot of things aren't my responsibility. Like obviously that there's a director that's responsible for that, but I, I, I want to encourage like a room of like, yeah, I like want, I want people to feel safe to make their art without being like, I don't know, judged or something. Yeah. And also like, I do try to make people feel heard, I think that a lot of stage management is just people and, like, dealing with people and their personalities and their... A lot of people come to me with, like, their concerns and stuff. And I don't... I don't... I obviously am not, like, perfect at it, but I really do try to make people feel like their concerns are valid and, yeah, I will try to address it and, yes, you're an important part of this process, you know? Yeah, you have to be really um, political in a way, kind of, because you are the... The go-between between, between yeah. 
the director and the cast, between cast members, maybe, who have an issue with each other. Yeah, and it's, like, so fun. That's my really. Fa- <laughs> I think that's why I gravitated towards just theater in general is, like, I just really love people, you know? Like, and yeah. I... I obviously I love the collaborative nature of theater and being a part of something collaborative is like obviously makes me feel like you know I'm needed I guess yeah but um it is just like I've learned like so much about how people what people need and how they react and respond and it's it's interesting how much you can learn about people when you're just watching them mm-hmm. all day you know you're seeing so many dynamics yeah and... and they don't know you know like this one actor you know you can tell they're upset because they got a note they didn't like and they sort of rolled their eyes and now they're not talking to everybody else on the break and like stage management is well aware you yeah. know but some, a lot of everybody else is like doing their their jobs so they may not notice yeah. that like this actor like needs some extra love you know yeah. it's fun um, so how long have you been in New York now? Coming up on five years in November. So, so nice. Yeah. I didn't come here with a plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think like people had like five year plans and I don't know. That's harder in this way of life. Yeah. I also never assumed that New York would be like forever. I sort of, I got my equity card at a, yeah, you were already working in some big theaters before you came here, right? I was internet stalking you to remind myself. And, like, Ooh. the Pioneer and, like, some big regional theaters. Yeah, well, Pioneer... So, yeah, Pioneer's in Utah. I love it. Um, mo- all, all the work I've done for them has been crew, as I, like, I'll go home in between shows and, like, while I'm home and I want to make some money, I'll give them a call. And they're great, and they're like, yeah, you can run Spotlight for us, which is also one of the very first things I learned in theater and has been so useful. Like, I can <laughs> always just spotlights. be like, does anybody need a spot off? And, like, get a job really easily. Um, and nice. it's also really fun. It's another it's another uh, job of just watching people all the time. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I was working in regional... Th- after I graduated from college, I was working in regional theater. So I was at the Cleveland Playhouse... For a, f- a couple years, a couple seasons, I was there as an intern first, and then I went up to a PA, and then I went over to Syracuse Stage as a PA for a season, and like, I really love regional theater. If I, that, I'm pretty sure yeah. that's my, that's would be my ultimate dream job would be stage managing at regional theaters. Like stage managing a season. Yeah. Or or do you like moving around a lot? No, I I mean that's sort of why I moved to New York. I. Um, I then went back to Port House after like four years and I was like, you know, I've had all this experience. I would like to come back as your equity stage manager. That's where I had my very first internship. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah. So they hired me for their summer season and we did Damn Yankees and Sound of Music. And I got my equity card and then I didn't really have anything lined up. Oh, I sort of, it's kind of a long story, but I went home to Utah after that and I was just sort of sitting around and I was like. What am I? What am I supposed to do <laughs> in next? Utah with this equity card? Uh, so I, so I was like, I guess I'm going to New York, and I didn't. I mean, I had put off joining Equity for a long time. Yeah. Like I didn't want. I'm not a huge fan of unions. I don't know. I guess that's kind of bad to say because I'm in one now. Um, and obviously, since joining, like I've seen some benefits. The good sides. Yeah. Side note. Equity could do a lot to help stage managers that they're not doing. Um, Note taken. (laughs) But yeah, so then I, so I was like, well, I guess I'm going to New York for a while, if for no other reason than to get experience so that I could find a regional theater job Uh where I could like not live in a city and have more steady work, job stability and like be able to buy a home, you know, stuff like that. So anyway, here I am. I don't, but I didn't really like give myself a time limit. Like, well, I'm going to go to New York and get this experience for this amount of time. And then I, you know, yeah, yeah. it was just like, I'll come to New York and see what happens. How are you feeling about it now? About the city now? I really like it. It's the first two years were rough, but like really grew on me. I obviously like the all the different arts like there's so much to see and do here which is great mm-hmm. um there's also so much work here and it was it was also the first time in my career that I was able to like have a life outside of my job 
which is like what kept me from going to the dark side, you know? Yeah. Because when I was moving around all the time, like I couldn't, I wasn't meeting friends besides the people I was working with. And I wasn't like able to like find new hobbies and new things. So this was the first time that I was like, well, I'm living in the same place. I'm not going to be leaving in six months. Maybe I should meet some people and like make some friends that don't, that don't work in the theater, you know? And it's been, that's been really helpful because like, you know, we'll go hang out and we won't talk about theater all night. It doesn't come up. Sometimes it comes up like, you know, I'm going to go see this show, but like, yeah, it's kind of really nice. <laughs> you know? What are some of the ways that you um, try to give your life outside of theater structure or like find those things that you can really feel like you have a solid foundation when you're not working? I know you did that, uh, you celebrated all of those yeah. days a oh couple gosh, years ago when so we, fun. that you started that, I think when, was it during the food odyssey or right oh, it after? it wasn't. It was, it was, I can't even Cause remember I, what I, it was. Listeners, I met Lizzie, she stage managed the food odyssey, which some of my other guests have been involved in and heard me talk about, but it was the most insane show for a stage manager and it involved serving dinner to our audience. It was also. And an immersive show. It was crazy. It was also <laughs> one of like my favorite shows I've ever worked on ever. Oh, me too. So good. It was a really fun group of people. And every time I go to an interview where someone saw that show, we talk about that show for a really long time. That makes me happy that people saw it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you, you, were, you worked on this? I loved that. And I was like, yeah, let's talk about this Let's tomorrow. talk about all the it dishes so we had to wash. Those dishes. And by we, of course, you mean. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> you did help. help. I remember. That was fun. Um, how do I give my life structure? Okay, yes. So, yeah, I did... I feel like it you was, give yourself projects, but this is just me observing from yeah, afar, which absolutely. I love. Which the National Day thing was definitely a project. So I was feeling like kind of in a emotional slump. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, <laughs> it was so random. I was like, well, this National Days are cool. I wonder if there's one for every day. And I sort of like looked it up on Twitter and I was like, oh, maybe I should follow this on Twitter and they could, you know, I could see what the National Day is every day. And then it's one thing led to another. And I was like, okay, for the month of August... I'm going to celebrate a national day every single day and it's going to be great. And then I got really busy. I like was ASM on an opera and then I like went to the Cleveland Playhouse to be ASM for the little foxes for their season. And, but I was like, I'm still doing this because I said I would. And so like I started celebrating a national day every day. So it's like national root beer float day, national ice cream cake day like a right. lot of like it the is food, food ones are pretty easy <laughs> yeah. to do one of them was like national aerospace day aerospace uh-huh that's like airplanes right yeah and i was in cleveland and so i went to this airplane museum i have been there and it was awesome <laughs> my brother is an aerospace engineer yeah. and i was like i don't know that i would have come here if i if it wasn't this national yeah. day were there any that were hard to celebrate or you were like really Oh, yeah. I don't feel like doing this today. <clears throat> Sometimes I made them up. Like, well, well, the first month, I didn't, like, I went all out. Every, you know, and then I was, like, sort of, like, posting about it on Facebook. Like, I'd take a picture and, like, write this long post. And people were, like, kind of getting into it with me. And it was really fun. Uh-huh. And then, like, on <laughs> August 15th or something, I posted, you guys, I don't mean to feel, I don't mean to be dramatic or anything. But celebrating a national day every day is changing my life. And it. <laughs> absolutely was like there was something about celebrating something every day that was totally bringing out bringing me out of my like emotional funk I don't know if this is too weighty to put on it but it's a little bit of like a gratitude yeah even if it's something that you know totally it wasn't a big deal in your life yeah it was absolutely like that's like what when people say like right be grateful for something every day like yeah that's what I was doing except for a lot of it was like I bet if I went and counted, I haven't done this yet and I really should. If I counted how many time, how many days the things were like the first time I'd eaten that or the first time I'd tried that, most of them were. It was the first wow. time for me. So I was like, after that month of August, I was like, well, obviously I'm going to keep doing this. <laughs> and I ended up doing it for like a year and seven months. Oh my God. Yeah. It was like, it was crazy, but it was so fun. And so then... If anybody wanted to get together with me, they'd be like, hey, you want to get together next Thursday? And I'd be like, great. Um, so next Thursday is National Cupcake Day. Here are some cupcake places. Would you like to go to any? You know, like, there was always something to do. Like, I never had to, like, what should yeah. we do? Do you want to just, like, go to a movie? Or do you want to, like, walk around? You know? Yeah. 
so it was really great and yeah I turned it into a blog just because I was like this is weird to post on Facebook every day it was like a lot of posting and but I eventually this is kind of sad I eventually had to stop because I was gaining so much weight because it was a lot of food it's and it's always it's not like national salad day yeah it was like it's like the treats and also I I was trying to like not it was also expensive yeah but I was like trying not to buy things so I started like making things Mm -hmm. in my home which was awesome because I couldn't really cook or bake I made a cheese souffle which I was I'm very (laughs) proud it like came out it worked and everything but uh there was there was one point like my kitchen had like a devil's food cake and like a a thing of cookies because like you have I'm not going to eat the thing. whole thing. Yeah. So yeah. I was making like five things a week and my roommate's like, well, I'm not really into chocolate. And I'm like, okay. It must have been nice when you were doing shows. Your cast must yeah. have liked it. <laughs> yeah. My cast did like, we, I would bring stuff in or they, I would ask them to celebrate yeah. with me and a lot of people would get into it. It was really fun. No, but I love that because I, it's easy to just get into the grind and like you're working, you're coming home, you're, you're not yeah. making that. This is a great city, but sometimes you get too tired to make the effort yeah, and like to go out and experience. I, wa- I definitely wasn't employed those entire, mm-hmm. that entire one year, seven months, you know. And so like, the days when I didn't really have anything to do, I'd be like, well, Lizzie, you at least need to get out and do like National Hot Dog Day. Right. And so like, I do remember like, I got ready and I got on the train and I rode down to Grace Papaya <laughs> and I got a hot dog and took a picture, and I was like, oh, I got out today. Look, it's really nice out here. Yeah, you know? I feel better. Yeah. Do you enjoy writing? Uh, yeah, I think I do. I don't, I don't think I'm particularly great at it, but I did have a gig at one point for about a year and a half where I was a blogger for a tech company uh-huh. where we would write about like new phones that were coming out or new apps and stuff like that. And that sort of got me like started with the whole blogging thing. Like I was, it was fun to research the stuff. Like, it was, you know, I was interested in that anyway. But then when I was writing about it, you know, it was, like, it was fun to try to, like, see what people would be interested in or, like, what links I should put to get people to click on. Um, so that when that when that gig ended was sort of around the time that I started thinking about doing the National Days. And, yeah, I think it's a nice outlet for me. There are people, like that are really great writers that I'm like, oh, yeah, I could read this. I'm not one of those. Um, but I do, I, yeah, I do enjoy it. Well, I just, I know you do a lot of blogging, so is, yeah. does it feel like it's a little less of a creative outlet and more of, like, an expressive? I don't, well, that doesn't make sense. Let me ask that again. I wonder. I, I don't know. Like, does it help you think through things? Yeah. That kind of thing? It also, like, I'm really, I'm really just into documenting. Yeah? Like, this might be a strange question, but isn't isn't that a kind of a Mormon tradition, journaling? Yeah. Is it related to that, do you think? Or is um, it just probably. Or not consciously? It probably is. Like, um it, it's like encouraged also, by the way, viewers, I am Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, just casually threw that in there. <laughs> viewers, I called you. Um <laughs> I think that it's it's just encouraged like to like document your history mm-hmm. um just because like family history is so important and i don't think that it like i don't but i don't know that if that's exclusive it, i mean it is talked about a lot in the mormon church but i think that like any of us right like you don't have to be mormon to like appreciate your grandma's journal or something no, you know of course not i yeah i was obsessed with all of all of the like when my grandparents passed away just going through all of their papers all of their photo albums yeah yeah, my uh, mom. My mom passed away when I was just little. I was right. six, but her she kept a journal for like a hot second. It's so it's like not very much, but like we like wow. Me and my sisters when we you know when I discovered that it was a thing, I was like what you know, and I read it the whole thing. It was and just it was, like because it was such a short amount of time. I'm sure you like poured over yeah, that. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, and so then so it kind of makes you me wonder, you know, like how much would I, like, do I wish she had written more, you know, and, like, what do I want to make sure that I leave for the people that didn't know me when I was young, you know? Yeah, that's interesting, because I feel like when I, I don't journal as much now as I used to, but I feel like a lot of it is, when I did it, was really private stuff. Yeah. 
like stuff you don't think about wanting other people to read yeah, that's <laughs> but so I guess true. that's kind of the beauty of leaving it for posterity is like you know you're not there to be judged anymore that's so true because I like maybe that's why I prefer blogging because I'm like well I'm writing this for yeah. like people could read it tomorrow like what I'm gonna edit it in a way <laughs> <laughs> which I guess is a very honest it's to my posterity <laughs> um what does your family make of your life as a theater artist and in New York you have several sisters, right? I have I have three sisters. Mm-hmm. I think they're I, they're they are supportive. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty sure none of them really knows what a stage manager is. Like I try so hard to to explain it, and there will be like sometimes a a YouTube video will come out where um, it shows somebody like calling like a sequence, uh-huh. like backstage, or like somebody calling the Tonys opening number or something, and I'll like send it to them. I'm like, look, that's a stage manager, you know, <laughs> trying to get them to understand. They watched that. What was that show that came out recently um, about Smash? My, yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad watched Smash, and he's like, "Who's the stage manager?" And I was like, mm, "This is this is a this bad isn't example." Quite <laughs> specific enough. <laughs> yeah, because the stage manager in that one was like making smoothies and like yeah like leaving rehearsal for long periods of time you know (laughs) um but yeah they're I think they're really supportive they don't I mean they've never like traveled to see a show that I'm stage managing I don't know that that's really a thing but they they do often like several times actually um if I'm working on a show when they're coming to visit they obviously come see it like my sister came and saw food yeah odyssey and she loved it and she like, if I ever talk to her about any of you that were in the show, she's like, oh yeah, I remember them. Like Aww. she knows you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and your your dad is supportive too. He is, yeah. What does your dad do? He is an accountant, gotcha. and he does my taxes, so he knows how things are going. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting relationship. <laughs> yeah. I mean, lovely that he does your taxes. I know it's great. He's awesome. I really do have like the best dad. Um. But I remember when I was like, I'm moving to New York, and he was like, "What is your plan?" Do your other sisters live closer to home? My, I have two. My oldest sister does. She has uh, kids. She has a family and a husband. Um, My one just younger than me also does. She just graduated with her master's in sociology. Mm -hmm. No, not that. So she got her social. master's in social work, but she does want to work in like hospice and stuff like this, I think, unless she's changed her desires. Um, and then my other sister lives in Texas, but my youngest sister, but she, my youngest sister did live in New York for like nine months or something before I came here. She went to the, some design, some interior design school on the East side. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but it was, I wasn't. I don't remember where I was at the time. I might have been in Utah or something. So then, but my dad, like, came and dropped her off and helped her, helped her get set up and everything, and then he left. When I came, he just dropped me off at the airport, you know? And I, like, <laughs> it was, like, two days after Hurricane Sandy. Oh, my god. I mean, my flight got, my flight was supposed to land during Hurricane Sandy. So, like, my flight was delayed a few days. That's so, an interesting time yeah, to join so the city. I showed up and, like... There were no cars. There were, like, lines down the block for gas. And, like, all the subways that were running were free because the one, most of them weren't running. Yeah. I, it was, like, a few days before I, like, figured out, like, that this wasn't oh, normal. this wasn't normal. Yeah. yeah. Everyone was probably being kinder to each other yeah. than they ever are. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of unity that comes from... Yeah. But so he was, back. like, he was he was definitely worried. Um, but... I know I, every time, <laughs> every time he does my taxes, he's like, wow, you made it through another year. You did a good job. You That's know? an accomplishment. <laughs> Supporting yourself in New York City yeah. is a huge accomplishment. That's crazy. So I know that we had talked before that you are currently like thinking about moving out of stage management or are you, where you are at like day job <clears throat> slash career wise right now. What, well, I, what do you want? Well, I think I have been... When I moved to New York, I got this job, like, th- three or four months in as, um, basically data entry that I did from home, uh-huh. which was, like, a dream, because I could just... Was it part-time or full-time? It was... It started out 12 hours a week, and then it was 20, and then it ended up being 30. Wow. But it was also any time. 
So, like, I could, like, yeah, go to rehearsal and like, I could do a few hours and go to rehearsal and do a few more hours, you know. And I ended up doing that for, like, four years. And so I never really had to worry. Like, I, was all, I always had at least some income. And I didn't have to base my job decisions or my show decisions on whether or not I was going to make That's any money. awesome. Yeah. But then recent, like, four months ago, I got laid off from that. And so I was like, oh, so now I need to make some real decisions about, like, where I want my career to go. Mm-hmm. And I had been... I had been thinking for a while, as much as I love stage management and theater, I think that my priorities are just, you know, they're like shifting a little bit as I wanted to like, I was like, you know, I want to start a family. I want to settle down somewhere. I would love to be able to like go on vacation, you know, (laughs) not that, I mean, I know that people who work in theater go on vacation, like obviously, like we can afford it sometimes, sometimes, but so much of it is like, well, I don't know if I'm ever going to get a job again. So right. I'm just going to say yes to every single job. Yeah. I can't plan. I can't take two weeks off if it means I have to say no to this job, you know? Right. And that event, that started wearing on me. So I started thinking about like what I wanted in a career. And I guess, yeah, I, it really, it came down to like, I decided I wanted to start a family. Yeah. And so I was like, well, if I'm going to start a family, I need to think about how. I'm going to support that stability. Yeah. And health insurance. Yeah. That's like the thing. Yeah. That is Especially been, right now. Yeah. It's scary. I've been, a, I've been a hot mess about that. Um, so I started just like sort of temping a little bit and like working with staffing agencies. Right now I'm temping at the LGBT center mm-hmm. on 13th street, which is great. I think it's been helpful for me to like, it is the first job I've had, I think ever where I'm just in an office and not like, you know, it's not rehearsal, but I'm like also any other job I've had that hasn't been theater has been like customer service. Yeah. And this is like nice that it's not that, but it is also like an office and it is not as exciting as it can be. Monotonous. I would like, <laughs> Yeah, I know how yeah. you feel. Yeah. That's what my day job is. I guess right that's why too. people hate Mondays. I never really understood why. <laughs> now I do. And why they like the weekend yeah. as we discussed earlier. <laughs> yeah. I know I, when I started this new day job, I was like, Oh, when I, I was out and about on a Saturday and Sunday, I was like, look at all these people relaxing. They all look so happy. Yeah. Usually my day off would be like a random Tuesday and yeah. Thursday or something. For no reason. It is, like, having weekends off and being able to, like... Like, I just planned plan. with a friend. Like, plan ahead. She's like, hey, can I come into town this weekend? And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. Because guess what? I, I don't be have... Yeah, I don't have work <laughs> that day. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I know you were also working some events and stuff, too. Are you still considering the, like, stage managing events thing, like that woman had mentioned? Or are you looking for something that's a little more predictable? I don't know that I have... Um, taken anything off the table at this point right um i have been working with this this event company called eventage Mm -hmm. that i've really i've really enjoyed i just my first gig with them was the new york city marathon last november and then we i they have like two seasons they have like spring season and fall season basically or i guess winter season um so i did i did a ton with them last spring summer and then we had like june july august off september maybe even and then they'll they'll pick up again in in late september october and i'm i've still like told them that i'm gonna do stuff with them on weekends that don't conflict with this day job because a they're like great people you know and it's also just like it's it's fun to work these events and i there i know that there is a way that i could make that a career but I, when it comes down to it, like, I, I need something that is not me away from the home, like, 12 hours a day. Yeah. And I think that that's really what events are. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like if you're, if you're not working for them at a certain level, it's just, like, on call. Yeah. Like, yeah, work this so they, weekend, work this one day, work the... Yeah. yeah. So they have, like, yeah, they've got people that... Um, They've got a staff. I don't know how big their staff is, but it's pretty decent size. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that it's primarily women, you know, like, yeah, 
I think that that's one of the things I really like for, about that company. It's not only women. They're not like, they're, I mean, they start, they were started by a, a couple, you know, a man and a woman, but they just, I think that they, they're based out of New Jersey and they just work year round doing these events and they're kind of always busy and crazy, which seem, they seem to be enjoying, but I'm like, oh, that shoot, I wish that fit into like this plan that I'm making for myself and my right. future. Um, that it could be that full-time thing. Yeah. 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 Do you feel like some path is diverging in the wood? Or is this a decision that you're kind of making for the present moment? And you're, you think sometime oh, you'll come back question. around to theater yeah. at some point? I guess it does feel sort of like a path. I, but I don't want to say that, though, because a part of me is like... Well, theater will, will always be a part of my part life. Of life. Um, I wonder how active of a role I could be behind the scenes if I'm not doing it as a career. I don't know. And you could still be a huge part of your life, even if you yeah. only pursue it as an audience member or as a, you know, community theater supporter or yeah. whatever that is, you know? Yeah can be a beautiful part of your life yeah and I so I, I I don't see myself ever like not participating so I guess it, yeah. it isn't really a path diverging but at, but at the same time it is because I'm like okay I need to make some decisions like really quickly about like what kind of jobs what kind of job do I need to start looking for so that I therefore get hired so that I am employed and like you know, I always, I, I don't always, that's really boastful, but I do get a lot of emails from people like, Hey, do you want to stage manage a show? You know? Mm -hmm. And I sort of stopped accepting or I've, I've just kind of stopped responding to those over the past several months as I'm like, okay, I'm not, you know, I'm moving on. I'm looking for something else. This is okay. But then like recently I, I got one that I was like, Oh, I'm kind of interested in that, you oh, know? No. And then I was like, shoot, does that, could I do it? Like, could I still take it? And maybe like, right. and, but it's, I, I, I think that it would be better for me if I just like made a choice. Well, and if you took that project, then that kind of pushes that decision four yeah. months down the road. Yeah. And then you feel like you're in the same spot. Yeah. Which has happened. So like, right. I'll be honest, I've quit theater several times and then I'm like, <laughs> except for this, this will be my last show. And then the last show is like such an amazing experience that of I'm like, course. fine, I can keep doing this for a while. Right. And I guess, I mean, I, of course, wanted to have you on to talk about all of these things, but I know when I had originally asked you, you were like, well, I'm kind of transitioning out of theater. Should, am I really what you're looking for? Yeah. And I was like, well, a lot of this podcast is about art and commerce and how we figure out what we're doing. And I think a lot of people are in your position where it's like, is this going to give me long term the life that I want and what are my priorities? And Right how can I still have creativity in my life and not feel like I'm constantly like just paying the bills or constantly waiting, right. you know? Yeah. And like, I, th I, I think that when I, when I started in this career, I don't know that I ever pictured myself doing it forever, but like, I just loved it so much. Right. But then as my, as I got older and my priorities started shifting, and I was, like, viewing things through a different lens, I started wondering, like, how, like, how plausible is this? Like, even if I get to where, like, I'm making a lot of money, like, like, I would see people, like, in these higher positions, and I would, like, ask myself, like, is that what, is that the life you want to live? You know, and not that in any way judging them, because a lot of people would say, yeah, that is yeah. the life I want to live. That's what I want to be doing. I want to be stage managing on Broadway or whatever. Um, but I guess, okay, so let's just explain why. <laughs> so last December, uh -huh. I decided that I wanted to have a baby. Right. So I started the process of like, and I'm single mm -hmm. um, and gay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so both things uh, have an impact on that. Um, so I decided, so I started looking at like what my options were. I mean, I had been thinking about this since 
my you've late twenties. You've always wanted kids. Yeah. Yeah. And so like in my, in my late twenties, I told my family, like, I'm going to have a, I'm going to adopt a child, I think. And they were like, oh, like they thought, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they thought I was going to come out to them. I hadn't yet. And I was like, so everybody sit down. I have something really serious to talk about. And they were like, okay. They were like, I'll wait again. I was like, I would like to have a child. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> they were like this wasn't huh, that is not uh-huh. where we thought this conversation was going. <laughs> Did you guys talk about that when you eventually came out to them? No, I don't like, know that I've ever we talked thought to them that about that. That was what that was about when you mentioned the adoption <laughs> thing. No, I, I wonder if they'll listen to this podcast and be like, that is not what I, I don't know. That's what I would have been thinking if that, if we'd been in a different position. Anyway, uh-huh. so last December, I just, I was really looking into it and I started trying in the spring. Mm-hmm. Like I found my, I found a donor, an anonymous donor and went through all the tests and did all that stuff. Started trying in the spring, and now I am pregnant. So amazing. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, so, like, as a single woman, every decision I make about my career is, like, through the lens of, oh, and there's going to be a baby in six months, you know? Yeah. Like, six months. Six months. It's incredible. Yeah, there's a lot more weight on it now. Yeah, so, like, can you take this show that's going to be in four months if it means you won't be, you it, you'll be saying no to a full-time job right in the Where meantime you could have yeah, yeah the stability but the really it just comes down to though like health insurance and work-life balance yeah. which i don't think i know i have not figured out working in the theater i know a lot of people that have and i'm so proud of them <laughs> Like, yeah, it's no, like it gives a trick. me hope whenever yeah. I meet people who have kids in the theater. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe I, I guess I, I know a few like people that were single moms in the theater, but like, there's sure not a lot of them. And I don't know if any of them were stage managers that I've met. Yeah, because stage managers have to be there longer <clears throat> than everyone else. Yeah, it's like a lot more hours and a lot later nights and. A lot more stress and a lot, a ton of like being on call. Like that's a frustrating thing about stage management is that like, are you just supposed to be working all the time? Like when people respond to your emails or call you during the day, like this is right. I thought this was my right time off, especially like if it's the day off, like that really gets me. This is my equity day off. Please don't call me. (laughs) (laughs) Note to everyone. (laughs) Please don't call your stage Unless managers on the equity day off. Do not call your stage managers. <laughs> yeah. Well, those are all huge changes. Yeah. I'm really, really excited about this part of my life, but it's also like, I've, it's terrifying because things are still so much up in the air that like, yeah, it, I really, who knows where I'll be in six months. I don't. If you know, you should tell me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it terrifying and the thing that I've been focusing on right now in my life, because I, I recently stopped drinking. That's awesome. Um, which feels you. really good. But the, there was a... I, and I mentioned this on a, the intro to the other podcast where I had mentioned that to people, but if you haven't heard it, um, there's this quote that I like. I'm going to forget the woman's name now who said it, but it's um, change when it happens cracks everything open something like that and I just I like the idea of like if you're changing one thing you kind of have the opportunity to change everything and like that's so scary but so exciting it's so exciting yeah because what if there's things that you are afraid to change or what if there's things that you didn't think you could change yeah um or you didn't know you wanted to change so I'm excited for you thanks yeah, I, I've never, and as I've been, like, I think the biggest decision I need to make is where I'm going to be, right? Like, am I going to leave New York? Geographically. Yeah. And as I've been, like, really stressing about that these past few days, um, one thing that I keep remembering is that I've lived in a few places, mostly, like, I, like before I moved to New York, I kind of traveled all over and lived in a few places. And by the time I left, I loved all of those places, you know? like Yeah, like, you can make your home yeah. wherever you are. It, I don't know that it, yeah, I, I feel like pretty confident that I could find people yeah. that like are, feel like my people no matter where I go, which is really comforting. For sure. <laughs> Even though I'm, I'm still panicking a little. 
Okay, I'm going to ask you this next question, but if you do not want to talk about it, you do not have to. I was wondering how you're handling the current political environment, if you're, how you're finding ways to deal with it or be active or stay sane. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was never political until now. Yeah. I think that um, this election created a lot of activists, which is the only good thing that I've seen so far. Like, good result. Um, and I was one of them. Like, I was very passive in politics. Like, I voted, but, like, not with a lot of passion or, you know. <laughs> but I've been, yeah, I've been, like, actively, like, protesting and... Um, like, I did, I mean, I did have to take a break from Facebook after this last week, which was exceptionally difficult. Um, but, like, I have learned that that it's also helpful, like, for, like, emotional health to, like, exit <laughs> the conversation for a minute. Yeah, it can be easy to think that that's the only way the conversation is happening. Yeah. And I don't know if that's healthy. Yeah. Or, like... <laughs> I'm I'm obviously not true, but like, face Facebook is probably the least effective way. I mean, maybe there's maybe maybe sheet caking is even (laughs) even less effective. But yeah, arguing with people on Facebook is is like really brought out the worst in me. Um, especially because I think. Because I really don't, I don't like to be confrontational, which might surprise people about me, especially if they've seen me on Facebook lately. (laughs) Uh, I really don't like that. I, I, like, value all of my friendships and my relationships with my family. But, like, yeah, it does get to a point when I'm like, okay, saying saying nothing isn't helpful. Um, So I think using my voice has helped me to stay sane, even though sometimes I wonder if it's making a difference. Um, but just like the way that I feel much more aware of what's happening in this country and like listening to, you know, political shows, like I never did that before. I avoided them. I didn't want to deal with it, which is so like, like that's my privilege, right? Like, yeah, you don't need to, I didn't attention. need, I didn't need to worry about it cause it wasn't affecting me. Right. Um, and just because it's affecting me now, like I feel bad about that, but, like, I guess I can't change the past. You can only move forward and change the future. Yeah. Um, So I guess that's what I'm doing to stay sane. Although I don't, obviously, I'm not really that sane still. Um, (laughs) Is there, like, a lesson you've learned in the last couple years that you're really proud of that you want to tell me about? um, Like a life lesson? Yeah, like a life lesson or something that you've changed the way you do it that you think is just helping you as a human (laughs) I think I've spent the last few years um coming to like an acceptance of who I am like who I am as like Lizzie Mm -hmm. which also I guess affects who I am as a stage manager um but like accepting and loving that person despite all of my like you know flaws and shortcomings and as I've as I've been going through that process and like it's not easy and then sort of recognizing that we're all doing that you know we're all just living our lives like trying to figure out how to like love and accept who we are and despite our flaws and that maybe we should be patient with with each other as we try to figure that out about ourselves. Yes. I guess as I've uh, learned that, I think that I've just been a lot more uh, open to the people in the world and more excited about how different everyone is. Mm-hmm. I'm very aware that I'm the minority in the room basically anywhere I go. Like, not racially, but... I'm I'm Mormon and I'm pretty conservative, you know, but I'm also gay. And so like when I'm with a lot of conservative Mormons, like 
they're they're like oh she's <laughs> so liberal and extreme and you know and then I'm like in a room in a rehearsal room with a lot of people that like like the, if I feel if I sometimes fear like voicing my opinion about well this you know right um and that's scare that that's made me nervous sometimes not like for my safety but just like sometimes a little nervous about how people respond but I think as as I've been like more accepting of people's ideas um I'm like oh you know I think people are probably be a little bit more understanding of mine it's tricky though now that we're in this political climate of like that's so extreme so extreme people are like sticking to their guns on both sides yeah and I'm like somewhere in the middle and I'm like but guys you know right and so it seems like I'm just fighting with everyone because I'm like can we not be like this extremely conservative and this extremely liberal can we just like have like normal conversations about how to make our lives um which often gets lost. So that, that's like the thing that I'm trying to say to people in my life is that like I think we all want the same thing, but we're getting caught up in like these parties and these lines that we've drawn and that we have to get further and further away from each other, but we really do just want this we want to like have families and a life and a career and be safe and be happy and like yeah, can't we support <laughs> But, it, but we can't, I guess, you know, there's so many I think different it's ways. Am- I think it's amazing, though, that you are trying to have these conversations. And I know I can't always be easy, but, like, when I see you, I know I'm I'm not part of your Mormon community, but I think it's really brave when I see you making posts about, like, this is important to the LGBT community and how can the church be more accepting and, like, starting those conversations. Yeah. And you're trying to, like, make change from within the organization instead of leaving, which is a totally justifiable choice, too. And I know a lot of people have made it. But um, I think that's really brave. Thanks. Yeah. It's also, yeah, I think that it's, like, the that's the choice I made was, like, well, I could leave and, like, sort of give them what they want. Right, but if it's important to you. Yeah. I could stay and, like, fight for this thing that I I belong to just as much as all everybody else does you know mm-hmm. um and I and I it's also been really comforting to me to have so many people reach out to me like a lot of them are still shy about it but I've had a lot of people reach out to me like yeah I'm I'm on your side on this you know which I really really appreciate and I like look forward to these people like sort of being on my side out loud at some point yeah um but I mean I guess I can take I'll take what I can get you know (laughs) yeah like not just to you but to the people who are making these roles or making these statements and like just because I'm vocal about you know how how the church's stance on on like homosexuality or women you know affects me yeah and you're vocally supporting me like that doesn't mean the person that's like quiet about it like they need to hear it too they need to hear it probably more than I need to hear it yeah Uh, which is yeah Yeah. I just there's like a we don't need to get into it but there's like a big problem with like the youth the Mormon LGBT youth right now that like Hmm. a lot could be helped if people were more vocal um if you are having a day where you're feeling really stuck or uninspired like are there any concrete things that you reach for again and again <clears throat> like a book or a place you go or something like I, that I I walk a lot mm-hmm. currently the blog has been changed to walking to Mordor because I am walking to Mordor I saw that <laughs> so are you do you have a number of steps that it takes to <laughs> yeah I was I was watching Lord of the Rings again one day <laughs> and I thought Wow, they walked a lot. I love walking. I wonder how far they walked. Because <laughs> I love walking. So I Googled it, and there's a there's a spreadsheet you can find on nerdfitness.com <laughs> that has the number of miles. And, like, you enter in how many miles you walk, and it calculates where you are. And so then I, of course, bought this very large map, <laughs> very large map of Middle Earth, and I made a little, like 
a, a small figurine. figurine and it's walking across the map as I walk. I love that. Um, See, this is what I mean. You give yourself yeah, large projects. projects. <laughs> uh, yeah, so walking is a huge thing and it's my favorite thing about the city. My oh my god, all-time favorite thing. The best thing. thing about New York City. Yeah, because I can just walk for a while and when I'm done walking, I get on a train and go home. It's amazing. <laughs> um, I also, here are some other things I do. I watch... Uh, commencement ceremony videos on YouTube speeches. Uh huh. They're so inspiring. <laughs> you watch a few of those and you're like, I can do anything. I'm gonna go out and change the world. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> there are some really good ones. And every year I'm like, oh, there's gonna be a new batch coming out. There, there's like it's a new season. <laughs> yeah, it's a new commencement what, ceremony do you have season. A favorites. You want a shout out? Um, I recently. Watch the one by what? What is the actress's name? She was in um, Hidden Figures. She was the Octavia Spencer. Yes, Octavia. Mm-hmm. She did one recently that was very good. Okay. Um, J.K. Rowling did one that was really good a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, then there's funny ones like Ellen DeGeneres did one, so right. she's just funny. I mean, like Oprah was really good. I'm gonna watch all of these this week. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're all so good. <laughs> And, like, just watching a few of them, you don't need to watch them all in one sitting because you can save them for the next time you're feeling like, can I make a difference in the world? And the answer is yes, you can, Leah. I love that. <laughs> okay, good one. Um, another thing Very I do... Good. Another thing I do also on YouTube. These are things I do, like, when I'm awake stressing in the middle of the night. Yeah. You know, I can't sleep because I'm stressed about, like, all the worries of the world. I watch slam poetry <laughs> on nice. YouTube. Sarah K. She did a TED Talk, I think it was in 2011, called, gosh, I don't know what it's called, but she does, in that TED Talk, she does two different poems, and they're, like, so good. So I'll watch that a few times. <laughs> uh, but, awesome. But generally, any slam poetry is... Yeah, no, I, I love slam yeah. poetry. But I would not have. I am just not a big YouTube person. I don't think to look these things up. Right. I never. I, I mean, I can, I can go a few months without like thinking generation. about it, and then I'll be like, and suddenly I'm down the rabbit hole. You're with, like, like, this is what I need. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and then lastly, is there anything that you've seen recently of any art form that you want to recommend, or friends shows or whatever? I was thinking about this on my ride over, and I have had a summer of not seeing anything. Because I was... You've been focusing on other things. I was actually very sick for a little while with morning sickness, and I couldn't go anywhere because I was worried that I was not going to make it through. So I missed most of the summer of shows, which is which really bummed me out. I did recently see um, Doll's House Part 2, mm-hmm. which was amazing and also very funny. Yes. I very was funny. not expecting funny. I was like, this is going to be like drama it's really gonna make me think it's gonna really you know i'm so excited and like it did all it did those things but it definitely made me laugh and i saw the play that goes wrong also hilarious it was bananas hilarious i can't even so many things went wrong (laughs) so many things went wrong (laughs) indeed they did (laughs) oh just thinking about that show just makes me laugh it's crazy they must have so much fun oh my god um you know, I had... Did you listen to the one I had with one of the actresses on, Charlie? Yeah. I yeah, and it sounded one. like they have a great time. <laughs> and it's also, like, I just don't see that many farces. Yeah. So it's nice to be reminded of, like, this isn't something I think about that much. It's not something that I necessarily am, like, drawn to, but it's right. a whole other category. Yeah. And it's like, a delight. Yeah. I, uh, I have this little notebook that I take t- with me to all the shows I go to, and I write down quotes as, as the show goes on. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the night, I, like, take a picture of me with my play, but this is, like, my thing that I do take a picture with me and my playbill and whoever sat with me and I write and I include my favorite quote from the show uh-huh. I I what I did it with with play that goes wrong I was just laughing the whole time no notes just laughing well I'm, the quote was like some slapstick moment with no words <laughs> yeah yeah awesome well Lizzie thank you so much for doing this thank you for having me this has been fun thank you listening to the company
Office podcast. I'm Leah Walsh. More episodes are coming soon. Please look for us on Facebook and iTunes. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller. Music by Brendan Spieth. Audio assistance from Nick Choksi. And a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.